it's our last podcast episode. I recently came back from summer vacation and man, it was such a needed rest for both the body and mind, which was why the podcast had a little pause, but we are back now. I actually have three amazing interviews recorded that I cannot wait to share with you. And today we're starting with one of them. We are talking with Ashley Dixon, a retired dancer from Northern Ballet. While some artists are returning to the theater to resume performing, others are coming back to take on completely new jobs. Ashley retired last year from a career of 18 years and has taken on the incredible responsibility of a ballet master. Transitioning from being a dancer to doing pretty much anything else can be really tough. Being a ballet dancer is a very all-encompassing job. Starting your day with warm-up plies tendus since you were five, and then, in Ash's case, being performing on stage for so many years, just to find a new routine and a new place in the theater can definitely come with its challenges. But I'm so excited for this new ballet master. He's got a good heart and his mind is set on a good track, and he's making the change very gracefully. Shout out to Liam Morris, who was also a guest on the podcast, episodes five and six. You can go check them out uh, for getting us connected, uh, which reminds me, if you have any artists in mind that you think should be on the podcast, send us a DM or an email. All the contact info is in the show notes below. One quick apology, though. Unfortunately, our call connection was a bit weak, so the sound at times is a little crackly. Nonetheless, it's definitely worth a listen. Hope you enjoy. Hi. Hi, you are right? Yeah, nice to meet you. Yes, you too. I've heard you good too. things from Liam about you. Oh, good, good, good. How are things going over there on your end? Excellent. We've yeah. just been for summer, so nice. officially first day of the holidays. Oh, cool. Congrats. We have one more yeah. work one more work one more week to go at work one more week yeah yeah so I'm how long do you get off six weeks oh nice yeah quite nice how about you guys just four. Oh, really wow every year is just four for us so. do you get like a longer winter break or something maybe two weeks okay well that's longer than us we only get one week so yeah yeah that's a maybe it balances out a little bit there yeah. <laughs> not too bad yeah cool cool well let's just Dive right in. I'm excited to get to know you through this as well. So, where are you from? And Okay, so I am originally from a city called Hull. I okay. think you've done a, a podcast with Xander Parrish. I have, yeah. So, yeah, me and Xander have known each other since we're about nine years old. Oh, that's so cool. So Small we, world. So, yeah, I started dancing in, in Hull at the age of seven. Um, started dancing because of my sister really mm-hmm. I was dragged along to ballet classes because there was no one else to look after me at home <laughs> there was a couple of other guys there dancing and I was just like to my mom oh, I think I could do it so my mom was like why don't you have a go mm-hmm. and I had a go and I, I've been hooked ever since nice nice it's also similar to Xander he went because of his sister too I think originally and so yeah. <laughs> yeah. go sisters <laughs> That's cool. And yeah, so then and uh, had to go through the same decision. I think that all boys go through. They're, they're playing football, they're doing dancing, and then they have to choose. Yeah. Uh, 
I was a lot better at ballet than I was at football, so <laughs> that, that one won. Nice, nice. Yeah, yesterday we had a party and everyone was playing football or volleyball or frisbee, and I was like, not my thing. No one wants me on their team. Like, <laughs> no one wants to see that. <laughs> so when did you, like, um, decide that you wanted to do ballet, like, full-time? Like, did you know that that was something you wanted your future to be in, or...? Um, I think it was probably when I was around 12, mm -hmm. I had like quite a little dilemma with myself. I was the only boy at the dance school that I right. at, at that time that the others had left. And I was kind of getting to the point, do I still want to do this? Mm -hmm. And I nearly gave up when yeah. I was 12. And my mum said, well, why don't we try moving you to a, another dance school where there are some boys? Yeah. But I did that. And that was... That was the best decision I ever made. Sort of opened my eyes a little more. I started doing some musical theatre at that time. Did more tap, singing, everything, and sort of for the next few years, I kind of wasn't sure which way I wanted to go. Whether it was going to be more down a musical theatre route or down a ballet route. So then I had various teachers advising me: "Well, go and do Easter courses, summer intensives, places. See what you prefer." And it became very apparent very quickly that ballet was the passion. I went to other sort of um, vocational intensives, for musical theatre, and I just came away. I didn't really feel like I f fit in with it. Yeah, and, and the ballet world was a, a lot more sort of for me. So I then I went on to do, we have the Royal Ballet Associates in this country. Mm -hmm. You do that from like 14 to 16. And you go to a class on a Saturday. So I travel from Hull down to mm -hmm. London every week. Oh, wow. On the train, doing my own. <laughs> on the way back. Yeah. So I could get there. And um, I loved it. Had amazing teachers. And yeah, from there, they, they sort of advised me audition for all the different ballet schools. Mm -hmm. So that's what I did, and then I joined the Central School of Ballet, okay. which was based in Farringdon in London. They just moved facilities and danced there for three years. How was and that then, experience? Not living um, at home anymore. Yeah, very, very difficult. Like I think what was really nice is there were a lot of us that were in the same situation. Right. Yeah. A lot of people away. It's the first time you've been away from home. Either that or they've been at one of the junior vocational mm -hmm. schools. And even then, you are at home, but you're being looked after. So yeah. it's kind of the, the first time you're kind of on your own. And quite young. Still quite young. Yeah. At the time, you think, oh, I'm fine, I'm fine. <laughs> Looking back now, I'm like, oh, parents let me go. I'm like, That's <laughs> like, I wouldn't yeah. my 16-year-old in London. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> But they knew that that's what I wanted to do, so yeah. they just they went with it. Yeah. And I was I was homesick for a bit, but everyone yeah. is. <laughs> but that soon wears off, and to be quite honest, I think I was too tired to even realise that I was mm -hmm. homesick. Going from doing ballet class up three times a week to sort of doing six hours of training every day, okay. it, yeah, it's quite a big step up, and yeah. you soon forget that you're homesick. Just get into the rhythm of it all, yeah. So that was three years at Central, and then okay. comes the scary part for any dancer, auditions. Yeah, how we love auditions. <laughs> quite quite a scary process in some respects, and then in another way, sort of, I had nothing, I, and then like, people kept approaching me. Once I had one job, then another two 
came in straight afterwards, it was really strange. Like, awesome. It, it was really late. So I did the audition for Northern Ballet. Yeah. Got down to the final of that. And then I got a note. Oh. From them. That stings. <laughs> it, it does sting. Yeah. And New Adventures was exactly the same. Um, a few other sort of smaller companies okay. dotted around Europe. Yeah. And Lavinian National, I was invited out there to go and sort of work with the company for a week. Okay. They sort of, they'd, kept, they'd been into school and wanted to see a few of us a bit more okay. in depth. But like, Rippers went out to Slovenia. Okay. A week of classes kind of felt a little bit pointless because they promised that we were going to join in in rehearsals, yeah. do these workshops with the company. We just ended up doing class with them every day. But it felt more like a holiday, which was great. <laughs> Why not? At the end of that week, I was fortunate enough to be offered a contract with okay. them. But I was a bit unsure about moving there. Like, that was a long way from home for yeah. me. Before I was I was in England still, and yeah. ideally I would stay in England. So I sort of said to the director, can I let you know a few more auditions? Mm-hmm. I did the rest of my auditions. Nothing came. Mm. And I was about to phone them up and accept the contract because my parents were like look just take it for a year yeah. go one one season at a time yes and then apply for jobs next year and the day before i was about to uh, phone them and accept the contract northern ballet called me up oh. and they were like um yeah so we know we said we weren't interested in you this year <laughs> but we need a shorter man for three months for okay. some productions we're doing and we'd like to offer you a three-month con. Mm, decisions. <laughs> huge dilemma. I had a year contract in Slovenia or three months in Northern Ballet. It might have been stupid, but I took the three months. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to leave the UK. Um, Northern Ballet was my first choice company. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of true for me, even if it was just for three months. Yeah. Um, so then I started at Northern Ballet and within... Two weeks of starting, I had a call from a company in Ireland offering me a job. (laughs) When it rains, it pours. (laughs) And the same with New Adventures. They rung up and said, okay, we'd like to take you through to a final audition now. We have a short list of a few dancers that we'd like to see again. I'm really sorry I'm in a contract now. So it was one of those things that's so stressful until one thing came and then everything Everything. came so very very strange so I got to Northern Ballet and I worked and I worked and I worked and I'd call it luck call it bait I don't know what it was but one of the men who'd been offered a full contract the year I joined decided after a month he didn't like it and so yeah so he left and the following day my boss at the time David Nixon Mm -hmm. said I have your your pigeonhole where we put all the posts for you and I went no I said like, I think you should go and have a look and so I go to my pigeonhole and there was a full contract for amazing the year. that's so cool you must have been so happy yeah like <laughs> beside myself I yeah. don't think I stopped grinning fun <laughs> it's always a story that I talk about with my ex-boss now and uh sort of say yeah the long three months this, having been at Northern Ballet for 18 years now. Yeah, so. it's a very long three months. <laughs> 18 yeah. years. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. That's amazing. Well done. <laughs> Giving so much to one company. We have a few ladies 
in Estonia National retiring this year with a, around the same time, I think a couple 20 years too. And it's just, for me, I'm, I've just been dancing six years and it's like, wow, we did Bayadere, um, two nights ago and we finished. And one of the ladies that's retiring, you know, it was her last one. And she was like, for you, it'll come again. You know, you'll do shades again. But for me, it's no more shades. And I was just, how, like, it's so hard to even imagine, you know, but, um, yeah, for her, she's, she's ready. She feels, she feels very ready to step away. So when you, when you get to that, you know, it, it's time. Yeah, for sure. And 18 years later, do you feel like it's time you feel at peace with it or? Yeah, I think it, it was, um, it was a difficult decision to come to actually. Yeah, I can imagine. Um, lockdown played a huge part in it for me I'd had sort of like an ongoing niggle on and off with yeah. my hips for the past 10 years and I love how you say it's a, a small little niggle for the last 10 years <laughs> you um, know you know one of those things that yeah. dances just don't wait yeah I but, feel you but yeah it's fine they, you said it's been fine for really? the past 10 years yeah but still- <laughs> the body's still like I'm still in pain <laughs> yeah so we came back after the lockdown and it just progressively got worse. Yeah. I had to have a second surgery afterwards. The surgeon and you'll be lucky if you get two years out of now. Yeah. But then you are probably going to have to retire. Yeah. You just have no cartilage left in your hip. So That's crazy. It made jumping very difficult. I just yeah. couldn't do anything properly. Yeah. So I I spoke to my boss and just sort of said, look, I think we need to talk about what I'm going to do next. Mm-hmm. And where to go from there. And I think I was in denial for a long time. Mm-hmm. Some days I'd wake up, and it would feel amazing. Yeah, yeah. And I could still do everything. And those days I'd be like, well, I think you just keep going for another year or so. Yeah, I'm just making a big deal out of nothing. Yeah, yeah. and then one jump wrong slightly or lap or twist in the wrong way yeah. on it and then that would be me so I was just like no I can't carry on this fortunately we began to speak about doing a transition to become a ballet master okay. probably around about 2016 2017 okay yeah it, it happened quite early mm. I'd um I'd been away representing the company on a couple of occasions when our rep had been done by other companies mm. I went to Israel Ballet to help stage up Beauty and the Beast. Okay. I think the, the big sort of transition, the, when we really started talking about it, it was 2015, when mm. our director was invited to Western Australian Ballet to stage his Great Gatsby. And all the other ballet staff were already busy or mm-hmm. away doing something else. And he had no one to go with him to help stage it. Right. So he went... What do you think? Do you think you could do it? He was just like, I believe in you 100%. I just hope you believe in yourself to do it. So luckily, he gave me about six months notice for this. Yeah. So I all like Bible of the entire ballet, which no one understands except me. I've, yeah, I've used this this Bible of twice back at more than ballet to every stage. Mm-hmm. Everyone else reads it. They're like, what on earth does this mean? <laughs> And I'm like, you don't need to understand it. As long as I get it, yeah, it's fine. Yeah, 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 it's all good. So, yeah, so I went out to Australia 
I had two weeks to stage the whole ballet. Okay. Quite stressful. Just a little. Uh, two weeks is, you know. Look, there were like a handful of dancers in that company that I knew. Okay. So that made it a lot easier. That helps, yeah. Yeah, it helped a lot. So they were so welcoming. And I think after that experience, that's when the conversation started. That, okay. Yeah, I think this is I would quite like to do. But still like a niggle in my mind, was it really what I want? So obviously dancers being the way they are, they're like, let's put more on my plate than I can even manage. Yeah. But then I was like, I need to start a course just in case this isn't what I want to do. <laughs> so I did a course in accountancy, complete career switch, just sort of give myself a backup. Yeah. If work out anymore or then I don't want to be a ballet master or anything like that, yeah. this is another string to yeah. fall back on. And to this day, I'm still working on that. <laughs> nice. I've done two of them already. I'm currently working on my third. Awesome. But recently, that's obviously taken a backseat. Yeah. I have a lot more work with um, yeah. with my other position. Um, so, yeah, so the, the transition was, yeah, a difficult decision to make. I think physically I knew I had to do it mm-hmm. when all you've known your entire professional life is being a bad dance. It's a yeah, lots of work to do, but really excited about it. Yeah. And like I could all grateful to the company, the dancers, the whole organization. They've just been so welcoming That's awesome. to me in a new position and they they've all been like so supportive and it's just it's really nice that you feel appreciated and that people actually want you there in that yeah. position. Yeah, totally. Because I can imagine it must be a bit challenging to go from as a dancer and your your colleagues or your friends to being some kind of authority figure, you know, yeah. having some more yeah. power in the room. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it must be a yeah. bit of a strange balance to find. Yeah, luckily I've not had to sort of tell any of my friends off yet. They've all been so far. That's good. But I do know at some point, like, obviously it's only natural that I am going to have to say, okay, this isn't good enough. This, yeah. But that happens. It's probably going to be a difficult situation for all of us. Yeah. And, yeah, like confrontation if it is. Yeah, I hate it as well. I hate it. But you never know. Sometimes, like... Maybe because you're friends to start with, they know that whatever you say is coming from a place of care. Whereas, like, sometimes with a boss, there's such a big gap that the interpretation of the correction or of the reprimand is, like, uh, it's too free. And we make up these huge stories as to why they hate us. And, you know, so... Of course, you get into it so much, don't you? hate me now they hate me yeah yeah i'm always trying to assume the best of my bosses whatever they say and or if i really have a problem with it to actually talk to them so what's actually going on (laughs) or should i be concerned or excited or whatever the case may be um as a dancer i feel like so often i don't know what it's like in northern but we often talk about the staff in a way like oh if I were the staff I would do this or if I would do that but I feel like it's so much more complex and we're given such a small piece of information you know whenever we get the casting that we tend to like judge it so fast or the schedule and like can't believe they're making me work like you know aren't they thinking of me but I feel like when I 
I feel like if we were put in the staff's position, we would all of a sudden realize there's this whole world of information that we are not exposed to. Yeah. <laughs> it's completely what happened. Uh, so, yeah, I, I got into the, the staff position and I go, okay, so what about that? Yeah, but we have that to do. We have that to do. We have this to accommodate. And then we have forecasts of that to get together. And that's why everyone's rehearsing so much. And you're like, Right, okay. Yes. So there is a reason to the madness. <laughs> and yeah, so obviously like we're we're planning for next season and we're yeah. looking at what we have up. We have a new triple bill, all three pieces are brand new. Yeah. And two full lengths to stage, both with three or four casts. Yeah. And Christmas. Yeah. The, the three new triple bill pieces have only started to be made. Like mm. they've a week to 10 days of sort of workshop and R&D yeah. on them. Yeah. So much has really been set. And then, of course, we, we do uh, a production called the Ballets for Young People. So we have one of those to stage yeah. as well. Locally. But that uses the company as well. So the hardest thing is actually, it's not fitting in the work. It's mm. scheduling your actors right. where it's... We're a company of 40 dancers yeah. and to do that much work with only 40 dancers, Hi. there's a lot building up everywhere. Yeah, totally. The hardest thing is sort of making the schedule like there's time to do the work. It's just, okay, we need that person, but that person needs to be in there as well. Mm-hmm. Like the most complicated Sudoku in the world. Yeah, totally. <laughs> a dancer's schedule. That should be a quote. A dancer's schedule is like Sudoku. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, we have often where we get our schedule and like, oh, I'm called to two places at once. I don't know what to do. Yeah. But then I'm thinking they probably also don't know what to do. Like, I don't know. Like, well, we need you in both places. So, yeah. <laughs> did you like uh, when you were dancing? Did you enjoy or envision yourself coaching or teaching in the future, or was it like 180 to what you were thinking to do after ballet? I think it was always something that was probably the back my mind okay. when I first joined the company a lot of the senior dancers and sort of the older dancers in the company mm. always sort of helped the younger ones in the company and sort of coach really cool it, yeah it's it's a really nice family mentality like that here and mm. I sort of always promised myself that as I got older in the company I would want to pass on that knowledge as well cool. pass on what I've learned help the next generation if you see someone struggling with a step in class or see someone struggling with a lift or mm. A section of choreography in the rep then go and help them if yeah. you know how to fix it for them yeah, yeah, yeah. why not take a little bit of pressure off the ballet staff because they've got enough on their plate mm-hmm. or just general working environment a little bit lighter yeah totally that's cool so it was already something that seems to be um encouraged within the dynamics of the company it's, yeah it's, it's always been well, for the last 20 years, at least, that's kind of been the ethos of the company. Help each other out. Cool. We do so many shows every year. And it's, well, it's in your best interests as a senior dancer to yeah. get the younger one up to speed as quickly as possible. Because the sooner they're ready to go, you get a show off. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. It works out for everybody. <laughs> yeah. That's cool. That's cool. And do you like do you teach class now as well as uh, rehearse things or just rehearsing or everything? So um, 
with the, we have uh, the children's bar, which go out on this small tour, and it's like a day or two at a time, and mm-hmm. that just six dancers. So okay. I'm sort of doing that as like a stop way into the job since January. I've been teaching the class of like six dancers mm-hmm. out on these little tours, and then the other week, unfortunately, one of our ballet staff went off sick with appendicitis. Oh, oh no! And our our new boss, Federico, was the only other member of staff there, oh. as all the others busy doing other things. And he was like, I have meetings all day. I oh, can't teach. No. Yeah. Can you teach class for me? He was like, are you okay doing that? And I was just like, I think so. Let's give it a go. Yeah. So we did it. He came and watched sort of like the last 20 minutes. He was really pleased. So it has now become sort of a, no. a permanent thing and going to be something I do sort of on a weekly basis. Nice, cool, cool. Did you enjoy it? I think I was more scared for that than I was taking my first rehearsal. Interesting. Maybe just like because the rehearsal, you already know the choreography, you don't have to... And I don't know what it is. Like, I think think it is to do with that. Like, I'd had a lot of prep time. I know the ballet inside out. Yeah. I've danced myself. I've staged it once already, twice already. And that's where I feel comfortable that's mm-hmm. what made do the transition into this job is feeling comfortable in leading a room and yeah. teaching rep but teaching class for the first time I was like oh but what because you always hear dances after class <laughs> oh I didn't like that class yeah. <laughs> like I could be lying if I'd never passed, I'd passed judgment on someone's class before because of course you do yeah yeah of course a lot of the time it's not a reflection on what the class was it could just be where you're at that day yeah I totally 100% <laughs> <laughs> or you're sore, or you're just having a bad day. Yeah. Stuff. Um, but blame it on the class because that's what you do. Yeah. It's <laughs> easier to deal with mentally, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> it's not my fault. So yeah. I think that was more what was going through my mind. Like, of course, we all know how to set a ballet class. We've thousands of them, yeah. all of us. You know, you can set a ballet class. And yeah. Just what are, the, what are all the others going to think of it? Yeah. And like, already touched on. A lot of the dancers in the company I'm very friends with. Yeah. I've with them for God knows how many years. And so, like, I wonder what they think of it. I what they think. <laughs> good, they good. seem happy. A couple of friends were like, oh, yeah, I really liked this. Maybe try doing something different with this. So I'm like, I'm really open for that honest feedback. And yeah, that's great. There you go. I think that will give yeah. you everything you need. Yeah. Exactly. But, yeah, definitely more scary teaching class than rehearsals. Yeah, yeah, interesting. I hadn't... Uh, I mean, I, I personally, for me, I can't picture myself teaching or coaching so much. Maybe more in like not director, but like overseeing things somehow. Uh-huh. I feel like my some sort of managerial position, perhaps. Yeah, I don't know. Um, but I have taught class for like a like school class before, uh-huh. and everyone said it was good. But I'm always like, but I don't know. It works. This is what works for me, but maybe it doesn't work for you. And I get so nervous, <laughs> like shaky. That's so interesting. Yeah. What are, I would like to connect kind of both parts of your life, like the last 18 years and the future. So what are um, some of your maybe highlights of your career, you know, things that you just really enjoyed, found special? And then what are some of your goals with this new role that you have? Oh, okay. Good, good question. <laughs> career highlights as a dancer. There's been so many. Um, Having danced over, probably over 30 different ballets 
in my career. Yeah. All the way from corps de ballet roles when I first joined, through to soloist roles and through to principal roles. Nice. What I've just finished, a couple of career highlights were obviously your first ever principal role you dance. Of course. Uh, Peter Pan, which an unusual one really because it's not, there's, there's obviously a lot of dancing in it, but there's the aspect of the flying mm-hmm. to go with it. <laughs> And you learn all your choreography and you're like, yeah, I've got all the choreography. And then they're like, right, now you've got to do all the choreography in a harness. <laughs> okay, I can't even walk properly in this. Thing, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That sounds so, exciting to watch. <laughs> so that was that was a big career highlight. I think then obviously, I think the the largest highlight for me was having a principal role created on me. Oh, and that's cool. We did a, a staging of Beauty and the Beast. Oh, nice. And role of the beast created on me amazing time in my career mm. probably of my career I was mid mid 20s I think yeah mm. I was fit there was not bothering me yeah my body felt great and yeah absolute career highlight awesome yeah like I don't think it's really hard for me to put in words how much that experience meant to me and how much mm. it does mean yeah and Sort of, I feel that that's the legacy that I've left. Not ballet is this creation, mm-hmm. and you go on and other principal roles that have already been created and put your stamp on them. Yeah, they're recognised by the company as well. Like I was fortunate enough to dance the role of Heathcliff mm-hmm. in Wuthering Heights. Until that point, it had always been danced by the taller men. The director had always been putting the six foot guys in it. Yeah. <laughs> of following how the book says it and yeah. my boss said well yes you're not six foot you're five seven <laughs> you have all the attribute other than the height of Heathcliff yeah you, you're powerful you're strong you're a good partner so mm-hmm. I'm gonna give you this role and mm-hmm. that ballet is what actually made me want to join Northern Ballet so cool. a wonderful production awesome. fantastic music great story and I think probably other than that is I love the Nutcracker. I've always loved it. Yeah, it's a classic. It was never a Christmas production we did when I first joined the company. Okay. Northern Ballet had always done Christmas Carol as their oh, Christmas production. Fun, yeah. And 2008 we did Nutcracker. So yeah, Nutcracker comes back again this Christmas and it's going to be really weird because it's the first time that I won't be done. Nutcracker Prince. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> out since 2008, I've danced the Nutcracker Prince. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, very fortunate that I actually got to dance that role with my wife as well. Oh, that's so special. Uh, and actually, I got, got to dance my last show of dancing as a full-time dancer with the company with her Saturday night as well. So that was nice. Oh, that's so special. That's so cool that you guys get to work and dance together. Like, exactly yeah, yeah. very special exactly. nice um so the future what's the, the future what are things that you're like i don't know that you would like to see change or really bring to the company or to the dancers or has the way you've been uh raised as a dancer affected the way you're approaching you know mm-hmm. steps? yeah okay so I sort of want to carry on the legacy of Northern Ballet. We've obviously gone through a directorship switch, mm-hmm. yeah, and it's fantastic. It's going really well. Good. But the 
when you lose the previous director, you lose their ethos. Yeah. Obviously, we still do a lot of David's work with company. Yeah. I think, yeah, I'm the dad with him longer, the longest in the company. So I know his work inside out. Yeah, that's really special, actually. So I think what's important for me is to carry on David's legacy within mm-hmm. the I know exactly what he would look for in a ballet. I know how he's doing. I know how he would want it staging. Yeah, yeah. So I think in that respect, when it comes to the restaging of work, that I think my place is to sort of keep his legacy in play. Yeah, totally. And sort of pass on everything he taught me and the other ballet staff that have worked with me over the years. Yeah and what they would like the rep to look like, it's now my turn to pass that on to the next generation. Right. Okay, yeah. they would like this step to be done like this or with this quality. Yeah, definitely. And I think what's important is sort of understanding all of your colleagues and knowing that how you approach that with one person might not work with another person. So yes. it's learning to and all of your colleagues around you. Yeah. And, and the one person might need the tough love approach mm-hmm. and another person, if you give them the tough love approach, it's they're just going to block it out. Yeah, it's so true. Like, I know dancer with me, if one started raising their voice at me, I used to angry dance. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just power your way through. They're like, see, you can do it. They're like, yeah, but now I'm pissed off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And yet I've seen them take the same approach with other dancers and they just they just crack and they just stop and go, I'm sorry, I can't yeah. I can't deal with that. When you shout at me, all I hear is noise. Yeah. I don't hear it saying to me. Yeah. That's something that I would really like to work on yeah. and is something that I feel I will have to work on. Mm. But obviously you'll go to the approach that works for yourself. Yeah, 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 that's true. But I think so, you, if you can already see that, that's or like know that that's what you want to do. That's such a huge thing because that was one of the things I loved about my teacher, and I didn't mm-hmm. notice it until after I had like uh, moved away and started to just observe and hear stories about how other people were trained. And he was really different with everyone in the studio. And at times, it confused people. I was talking with a friend of mine who we both trained together. And with her, he was quite tough. And But she would be like, fine then, I will stay and practice until I get it. You know, like, she was very, she reacted this way very well. And, you know, she had a big family of kids and it, she had, she was a gymnast before. So I think she's very used to this mentality, um, <laughs> yeah. kind of fighting for things. And for me, I'm very, like, introverted thinker. And, you know, when you start yelling, I'm like, wall just, like, flies up yeah. in defense. And I'm just like, I can't do anything. Um, and don't want to do anything. I just want to leave, you know, and I'll have a hard time communicating with you after that. And he was always so gentle with me and just like he would sit and talk with me, you know, very calmly. And it always worked. And we were talking about it later, though, years later. And she was like, I feel like he favored you because he was always so nice to you. I was like, I don't think so. Because I remember him telling me such nice things about you so I don't think there was any favorism. It was just favoritism. It was just that he knew how to get to you and he knew how to get to me, you know? Yeah. And that's so important. So. Uh, um, 
that, that's yeah. I think that's exactly it. And I think as well, you you have to realize sometimes it it might not be anything to do with your dancing that day. Yeah. Like there's more to our lives than dance. As I've gotten older, has become way more apparent to me. Mm-hmm. Like I have a life outside of dancing. Of course, we all go through that phase. Like when you're at school, it's yeah. dancing, dancing, and then it's get job, mm-hmm. and then you're dancing, dancing, dancing. Yeah. And as you get older, you realize that you you want a life outside of the ballet yeah. studio. You need oh. it. <laughs> and you need it. It's healthy. Yeah. And then it, it's now my job to turn around and realize that okay, people might have other stuff going on outside of work, something life, family mm-hmm. matters. Who knows what? And I think it's it's now my job to sort of observe both how to get the best out of someone in a company and in the studio situation, but also be able to read to see if there's anything else going on with them. It's such a hard line, this, like, professionalism, you know? You don't want to, like, strip them of their humanity and be like, you can't have any emotions ever and anything outside can affect can't affect you inside the building. But, you know, I've also seen the other, the flip side of it, the other extreme of something's going on in someone's life and they just completely, like, disrupt the whole working environment because of that, you know? And it's just like, oh, I don't know what the balance is, but I'm sure if there was a ballet master that cared just to be like, are you okay? It would help a lot. (laughs) And I think that's it. I think when those situations arise, it's just how you deal with it. And that's what I'm looking forward to learning more about. Mm -hmm. And also, like, everybody makes mistakes as they're learning. And I'm only human. Of course I'm going to make mistakes. Yeah, yeah. forward that I think is going to be important and how I learn to better myself and better myself for the company and generations of dancers going forward. Yeah. Well, that's so exciting. I'm excited for you to be a ballet master, to hear your... Uh, like perspective going into it because I think it's going to be I think you're, you're going to achieve a lot of really cool things and do great things oh. with the company if you keep that mindset and that outlook so I'll definitely try and keep that outlook yeah yeah well I'm sure I'm sure it's possible like you said it sounds like the company is great like I haven't I haven't been there yeah. or seen the productions but it sounds from what Liam's also said and I know Helen Bogach as well because she used to work yeah. here Everyone has a lot of nice things to say about it. So that's a great place to begin, you know? <laughs> yeah. I think it's, I think if I was going to start this journey anyway, anywhere, I wouldn't want it to be anywhere but here. Yeah. It gives me the best grounding, sort yeah. of, you know, what's expected from this company rather than maybe going somewhere else, like, for example, coming out to you guys yeah. thing. And I don't know any of your rep, I don't know yeah. what this, or what's expected. I think to start where you've been a dancer is probably the best route into it. Yeah, for sure. Doesn't necessarily here as a ballet master forever, or yeah. who knows what the future like. I might find in a few years actually. Okay, yeah, I'm I'm done being a ballet master. I'd maybe yeah. like to go aerial role, like artistic director somewhere. Who yeah. Like, yeah, 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 totally. It's an exciting opportunity. Absolutely, and yeah. <laughs> A lot to learn from it. Like you said, I think it's uh, whenever you're in any kind of teaching position, I think it requires you to learn a lot first. And so I think it's a a great set of skills for anyone to have, you know, as a person. So 
Yeah, that'll be really great. Well, thank you so much for sharing your story. Is there anything else you'd like to just throw in about ballet advice for dancers? And oh, that was actually one question because I was I thought about earlier when we we're talking. Um, you so you got into Northern, which originally said no, but then they said yes. But then and then you were in core, and then you managed to get to principal level, you know, roles, and so. And this was over a course of 18 years. Like, what's just some advice for dancers, you know, who also got rejected, but now they're found a job and they're just kind of slowly, you know, grinding through? Yeah. yeah um, I think for me, it was always just be true to yourself was always what I was taught, like, mm. from my parents. True to yourself, work hard, and just, just be honest. Like, mm. a lot of the times I, I find dancers will be given the choreography or given correction and you look at them and you go do you understand and they go yeah yeah yeah." and you can see at the base they don't understand what you're saying it's just black it's happened to me just gone i'm really sorry i don't get what you i know i might be slow you want me to progress and to learn from this or to understand what you mean i can stand here both and then just do it exactly the same as i've done it before (laughs) (laughs) and i'm just gonna wind everyone up yeah. Or we can chat for a couple of minutes and try and figure it out. I think the other thing is to understand that it's not always about work, 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 mm-hmm. work. Your body needs rest. Your mind needs rest. Yeah, totally. Something that's really coming to the forefront in dance now is this mentality that you can't just put your body through seven shows a week, six hours of rehearsal every day and expect it to perform at its best all on every time. <laughs> all the time. Yeah. Like you look at where well we're athletes. And yeah. you look at any other athlete, you look at the Olympics, you look at professional football. And the most they'll have to do is what, two games in a week? Yeah. Every day. But if someone said to me, you you only have to do two shows Right. A couple hours of training, maybe here, there. Yeah. And, yeah. But to, I think, to be asked to rehearse hours and then do this many shows, and then obviously you, you then have other dancers go, I've not done any of my gym work yet. Either. Yeah. They'll go to the gym after yeah. six hours rehearsal. Okay, this is all fantastic. When are you expecting your body to recover? Mm-hmm. Like, when? to have some time for your mind to switch off yeah. to absorb everything that's when injury happen that's when people get sick yeah and a lot of the time injuries happen because either your body is to a point where it's exhausted mm-hmm. you you've strained something from overwork or it could just be that you're that tired that you're not confident yeah yeah very true i was uh i thought about the athlete analogy before as well and like we are so much like athletes in terms of the physicality, but so not in terms of the schedule. You know, I was like, if you think about Olympic athletes, I'm like, they train for a competition. You know, like we're our competitions are weekly, every like every other day. <laughs> you know, and we train and we rehearse and and I was like, so in this way, it's you can't approach it in the same way. You know, you have to really monitor and and pay attention to the workload because it's just a lot yeah and just the amount of pressure i think that your brain subconsciously 
processes all the time, you know, and just being on stage in itself for two hours every other night, three hours, that's just a lot of nerves running through the body, you know, and, you know, the curtain closes and you have to, you're processing everything that happened and did I do that? Did I listen to that curtain? You know, and your brain is just always going a million miles per hour. And so I think, like you said, mentally and physically, it's just so important to find those moments of rest and to better, to better your career. It's not even like we're just resting just because, you know, um, but often this kind of grind mentality can lead to a lot more damage than good. Yeah. Oh, definitely. And looking back on my younger self, there are a number of times in my career that myself now would pull younger me up on it and just like, stop. Mm. And I'm pretty sure if I had done that, it would have prevented a couple of serious injuries. Yeah. Yeah. At the same time, you learn with injuries as well. Yeah. Yeah. Learn some mistakes and how to better yourself from them. Yeah. That too. And now being in a ballet master position, you can also tell the other dancers. <laughs> awesome. Well, thanks again. This was really, yeah. really nice. And Thanks. I'm excited to get it all edited and put it, put it out. It's and yeah. Cool. Sorry? It's so cool. Like, Thanks. Dance <laughs> for doing all these these podcasts and stuff now. Yeah, it was definitely a COVID, um, a plus from COVID. You know, I was like, okay, what can I do? What can I do to keep myself busy and that I enjoy? And so it started with just the blog because I love to write. Yeah, that was doing pretty well. But then I was like, oh, I love, like, when I did Liam's, I was like, I love to hear, I love to let people tell their own stories, like, in their own voice. I think it's just so special, and I love to just sit down and talk to people and just listen, like, ever since I was a kid. So, yeah, it's been great, and I just find everyone has so much to offer each other, you know, in terms of experience and stories. and Yeah, yeah, so it's been great having you on. Thank you very much. Thank you, too. All the best. (laughs) Take care. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Our Second Home podcast, a podcast dedicated to opening up theater doors through conversations with artists all around the world. For more information, visit our Instagram page, underscore Our Second Home with a numerical two, or visit the blog, www.OurSecondHome.org, also with a numerical two. You can also email us at OurSecondHome2 at gmail.com. And don't forget to follow, like, share, and comment on all our different platforms. It really means a lot to us. Until next time.